With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jessica. Spencer. Is this DNF? This is DNF. This is DNF. Um, which we will finish, and we will finish in r- predictable record professional time, just like the Mexican Grand Prix that we just watched. Do, do, do we, we have something, a spoiler, a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, okay? Max Verstappen won. What? He never does that. Never, never. Max Verstappen did win yet again. That That's, that's really the good and the bad news I have for you, is that it's 2022, and the rest of us have to watch Max Verstappen finish... 30 laps in front of everyone else. (laughs) He uh, broke the record today for the most wins in a Formula One season with his 14th win. I think we predicted last weekend that he would finish the season with 16. We are on track for that, um, Mm -hmm. meaning he will probably win out. Yeah, Max Verstappen is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's that's our expert analysis. Max my expert analysis. Pretty good. I think he like the strategy almost didn't even matter for him. Like I think he still would have won. He won by like 14 seconds over Lewis Hamilton. Yep. I know Lewis Hamilton was not happy about going on hard tires, and he wanted to start on softs and switch to mediums, which was the Red Bull strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have made a difference. Do you think that would have made a difference? I think in his mind it would have made a difference, and for a competitor like Lewis, that makes all the difference. I think he's somebody that will look for answers wherever he can get them. How's that? I don't really know if it would have made a difference, but in his mind, I think this is going to be a race. Like when we talk about the Mexico GP and we talk about the end of the race, we're looking for all of these little things that are signs of where drivers stand and where teams stand and where drivers stand within their teams, etc. And I think one of the things that is just a pattern this whole season is that Lewis feels like he isn't being listened to. And Mm -hmm. um, if he felt that way before this race, then openly complaining about the tire strategy is definitely not going to help. No, it didn't help. I don't think it maybe would have made that big of a difference. He did beat Sergio Perez finished in second. Sergio Perez came in third at his home race. So Mm -hmm. the crowd was pumped about that. But Spencer, it was 
you know, I don't want to say it was a boring race. There was some action. We'll we'll get to the the main instigator of the action in a minute because mm-hmm. he won driver of the day unexpectedly. But I think the Red Bulls just had they still have a a huge advantage even somewhere like in Mexico where you're battling the altitude and that might be something that favors Mercedes right now. Mm-hmm. Um they were just, you know, Max is just crazy fast. It's the first time I think in in history or in, or in four years that uh, the pole sitter has won the Mexican Grand Prix. So yep. he has that distinction also. Um, yeah. So uh, we should mention, you know, going into the second half of the season, there was a bit of a, a battle brewing between Red Bull and another team, not named Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that team finish today? Did you even hear them mentioned on the broadcast? They got passed a lot. That's it. Like, um, I think you can give um, you can give Ferrari the sportsmanship award because every time they needed to give gap, they gave gap. They said, no, go ahead. That's fine. We'd prefer not to be racing today. They didn't have the car dialed up in uh, practice. They didn't have the cars dialed up uh, for qualifying. And they just didn't have it um, on the broadcast I uh, put bluntly, like I kind of was wondering how we were going to talk about Ferrari. And, you know, the broadcast sometimes helps because uh, I believe it was Ted Kravitz who said, yeah, they've just been fading since July. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'd have to check like the, you know, splits and all of that. Like, is is Ferrari fading or are they just kind of staying the same while the other two teams have gotten a little bit better? Mm. Maybe a little column A, little column B. I think it depends on your. Um, I think it depends on your opinion of Ferrari overall. If you're like mm. me and you sort of wonder who or what does anything organizationally there, like to me, they just seem like five thousand engineers, one guy who kind of makes up race strategy, and two great drivers. So you have amazing cars, astonishingly weird management, and great drivers and that's led mm-hmm. to this just kind of malaise that's affected their season marginally like they're still they're still obviously like either the second or third best team depending on whether we're talking about this week or the entire season but they were just never really in the race never really even showed up yeah so the this the race got off to a, a pretty exciting start lewis was able to uh, scoot on up to second behind Verstappen. George Russell, uh, formerly the best lad, um, kind of came in behind um, Sergio Perez after a couple turns where uh, him and Lewis were battling it out, and he kind of he kind of let Lewis get in front of him. I mean, Lewis had a, a better angle on the turn. I think it was turn three or four, but um, Russell ended up in fourth, and that was pretty much the order for the rest of the race, except for if you were watching the race happening in the back, Spencer. So what happened with uh, the number four constructor in this race? And what what the hell was going on with Daniel Ricardo? I don't know what got into Daniel Ricardo. Maybe altitude suits him because <laughs> the thinner air just suits his overall levels of fitness. Maybe he just really vibes on mexico maybe he decided that yes this is the week i will show everybody what what your business what you've been missing by not employing me as your driver because uh he kicked ass and i mean that in the literal and fit and uh metaphysical sense metaphysically i mean and metaphorically he was out there passing people left and right he was the 
uh, driver of the day. I don't want to say he was the unanimous driver of the day because uh, when I say he literally kicked ass, he kicked Yuki Tsunoda's ass off the track. Now, most people watching this race agree there was a gap there to be taken and that he was a bit rash in getting it. Jessica, mm -hmm. do, do you think he had a space? Do you think that was something? Mm, no. <laughs> I don't think Yuki Sonoda, I, I don't think, I, I think the 10 second penalty was warranted there. And he was able to still finish in the points despite the penalty, which like, I think that was the most shocking thing of all was that Daniel Ricardo gets in the incident with Yuki Sonoda and, and basically like, tried to fit into a very narrow gap, right? Mm -hmm. To take that corner and yeah. didn't have it. And and maybe Yuki should have backed off, but I, I think Yuki was a little bit ahead of him at that point. Um, and it was, it was a little aggressive by Daniel Ricardo, but he got the penalty. And then instead of just being like, okay, I need to cool my jets. I'm, you know, that was too aggressive and I got in trouble. He's like, no, I'm just gonna go overtake like five more cars um, mm -hmm. and still yeah. finishing the points for, for the first time in, in a while. Yeah, just, um, you know, to hell with it. What, what do you have to lose? Like, what do, you have, what do you have to lose at all? I kind of, I don't know if it's something you can agree or disagree with, but it makes sense. Why on earth would he have given an inch when he has nothing to lose and when you know Yuki Tsunoda is not going to give him an inch as well? Like, he wasn't going to give him any gap there either uh he did knock yuki out of the race it was a rough day for alpha tori overall uh but just a little flash every now and then it's just like that's gonna be that's going to be the sort of like tagline on daniel ricardo's driving careers that every now and then we saw something really spectacular like this right and i'm like okay well damn i'm gonna miss i'm gonna miss that next year i mean we we did hear the rumors that maybe he's joining Red Bull. Now, Ted Kravitz has said maybe he will join Mercedes. Yeah. Who the hell knows? As long as he's on Sky Sports, I think I'll be happy. The fans obviously still love him. I mean, he won driver of the day. I don't actually know who else would have even like been a contender for that, considering you know, there's some very boring options and then the one guy who did something pretty cool. There was also a, another very sad thing that happened during the race was Fernando Alonso giving like a heartfelt message about like the season being great, but then his car ran out of juice and he had to pull off track and yeah. got a five second virtual safety car. Did you hear the, uh, did you hear that noise that his engine made? <laughs> can you can you imitate it for imitate that noise for us? Yeah, that was actually I, really good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very close. I've had many cars make that noise, and it's not good when the the like exalted world of F one engineering and things I've heard a car do interact. Like ideally, <laughs> you don't want me to recognize a noise that your car is making in F one which is sadly what happened to Fernando Alonso's car. Mm. Um, I, I want to state this. I think this is a race that overall, in terms of events, there's, there's very few events. Like, there's just very little going on. In terms of vibes and in terms of, of overall atmosphere, just from the TV, I don't know if there's a better one. Yeah. In, like, in terms of fans who are there to have an extremely good time, and I don't mean like the Dutch Grand Prix kind of time where, I don't know, maybe somebody's getting a road flare thrown at their head, <laughs> right? No, like this was just so 
chill and good and the production reflects that like you turn it on and there is first of all my favorite intro to any yeah. f1 broadcast this year a dude shooting flame out of like like hair like hairspray right like shooting flame out of hairspray cans with a sugar skull mask with glowing eyes and then they had the band playing the Formula One theme, which they kept replaying throughout the broadcast, which the was The mariachi great. version! The mariachi version of the F1 theme! Super fun. I love the corner where they threw the stadium. I think that that's so much fun to watch. And hearing the cheers for Checo going through the corner was, mm -hmm. was a blast. But yeah, in terms of vibes, I would say the fan atmosphere, really good vibes. It, it felt like all weekend. From a Formula One standpoint, really bad vibes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. It's coming down to the point in the season where everyone is sick of seeing each other every mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah. There is a ton of drama happening behind the scenes, but not really behind the scenes because in Formula One, behind the scenes drama becomes like in front of the scenes drama. It's not yeah. like, you know, the NFL where, you know, you get a memo and then no one ever talks about it ever again. Like, oh, that, uh, you know, maybe the Miami Dolphins owner tampered with a head coach and a quarterback, mm -hmm. but we're not going to talk about that ever again because, you know, he's a billionaire who doesn't have to answer questions on a microphone. But Christian Horner is going to talk about everything going on. And so, you know, since maybe there wasn't a lot to talk about with the race, let's let's talk about the ongoing controversy of the Red Bull cost cap. Where do you stand on all of this and the penalty that was handed down this week on Red Bull? Well, it, just correct me if I'm wrong. They lost arrow time, correct? They lost arrow time and they got a $7 million fine that does not come out of next year's cost cap. It is a separate fine. Uh, I'm sure Red Bull will be, you know, looking in the couch cushions to to pay that. But yes, yeah, $7 mm -hmm. million and then a 10% reduction in arrow time for next year's uh, development. Which I, I think that is the way to do it. If you talk about punishments for cheating or pushing the envelope of what is legal in sports, just a quick review of everything. You want a punishment that's going to affect their performance going forward. You don't want to necessarily rewrite history and say, ooh, 
this is, you know, we'll go back and invalidate everything you did this year. Frankly, given the like relatively minuscule scale of this kind of cheating. Um, and, and by the way, sorry if I'm cavalier about cheating, but um, I grew up. We're very pro cheating. Very pro cheating <laughs> in sports generally. It's, it's, and, and second of all, uh, compared to what happens in other sports, see I was, was going to say, Spencer, were you about to say growing up during the steroid era, or was that not what you were about to say? Yeah, well, throw that in. No, I was going to say, I grew up <laughs> I grew up watching a lot of NASCAR, where people will do everything from putting 200-pound tires on the car and then making a pit <laughs> stop two stops into the race uh, in order to reduce the overall weight of the car when you put the real tires on, right? Um, yeah. So when F1 says that they've, you know, misplaced $1.4 million in catering fees on a spreadsheet, I'm not exactly going to get too riled up about it, especially when um, you consider what that is in the grand scope of the budget. Now, it's not totally insignificant, right? Um, right. L last week, I was hanging out with uh, Nate Saunders and, you know, Name I was drop. like, yeah, it's 1.4 mil. And he's like, yeah, it's also 1.4 mil. You know, it, it, yeah. it matters. It matters. So affect their competitive capabilities moving forward. If you're an engineer and you're watching this, if you are a kind of person who even has an engineering type brain, and I told you that you lost 10% of your capability to gather information, you're gonna go haywire. Like if the drivers and management are like, ah, we'll deal with it. I guarantee you that is not the attitude in the lab. That is not the mm -hmm. attitude that the engineers have. 10% is a massive loss of data and of real runtime in terms of building next year's car. Remember, Red Bull are in part in this position free of all competitors because Mercedes missed so badly on their car this year. Something that I'm sure they wish they could have had more aero time. But as uh, if you know, there's a sliding scale of aero time uh, and the team that wins a title gets the least. So Red Bull will already be having the least uh, with the title this year, and then they will get a re further reduction in that arrow time. I believe that's how it all works. Mm -hmm. I um, the cash fine is always funny to me. Like that just feels like sell more Red Bulls. You'll you guys will be fine. I'll, I'll give you my laundry. You give me yours. We're all rich guys. Right. Like <laughs> you know, it, it, the largest. Like this is the sport that generated you know a a nine figure fine for cheating once. Right, like a nine. Like that's that's nothing in the relative well, scheme of things. There's a few things that I think we can we can poke some fun at here. If you have suggestions of what you think Red Bull spent the extra $1.8 million on, um, please put them in the chat. Mm -hmm. I think we already talked about, Spencer, their $75,000 or 75,000 item line receipt or audit, whatever, spreadsheet that they yeah. submitted. There were 75,000 line items on it. I said that very clunkily. I majored in television in college. I know four things about finance. So yeah, they they obviously these are incredibly complex budgets. I think from from what it sounds like the 10% development cap will be more detrimental than oh no, let's just, you know, find 7 million dollars and give it to the FIA. But mm -hmm. there were there were other things that happened when when this was announced by the FIA earlier this week. One of those things was okay, so Red Bull went over by 1.8 million dollars. However, they forgot to apply a tax credit that would have saved them 1.4 million. Therefore, they really only went over by 400,000 or $500,000. Uh, so like, you know, it's really not that much. And my, I guess, counter argument to that is like, just cause you're bad at taxes doesn't mean you, you cheated less. 
you're you guys are rich. You should know how to apply tax credits. That's your bad. You don't get to be like, yeah, we didn't actually go over that much because we forgot about that huge tax break that would have saved us one point five million dollars. You should know someone. You should be able to pay someone who knows these things. That's the exactly. real rich guy, rich exactly. lady thing to go is to go. All right, I'm an idiot because I've never had to be good at anything, right? However, I have money so I can pay someone who has this expertise to do it for me. So that is... It's a terrible excuse. It's, it's also hilarious that F1 is like, hey, did you guys know about this rebate? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's like they're buying contacts or something. Yeah, yeah like, like going to the Costco of F1 accounting, right? Like, <laughs> hey, listen, they, they got a bulk... A, a, a bulk order over here. You can just pick right. it up. Just get the 64 pack. It's, and it's like, yeah, well, we actually, we cheated a lot, but it was actually less cheating because we are bad at cheating and mm-hmm. doing our taxes. So Christian Horner went on just a terror this week and all of these interviews. He said that the punishment was, quote, draconian, which, Spencer, I'm not sure if you've ever been to, like, the Madame Tussauds in London where they have the, like, torture room. Like, that's what I think of when I think of things that are draconian not like hey you guys have to pay us a fine well draconian to me connotes like something really old-fashioned and evil um but christian horner said that it was draconian he also had um (laughs) an amazing amazing quote in his press conference where he said to be honest with you uh, this was in a, a question about whether or not Red Bull should have to apologize for going over the cost cap. He said, to be honest with you, I think we're probably due an apology from some of our rivals for some of the claims they have made. We make no apology for the way that we've performed or the way we've acted. And then the last quote that I wanted to to read to you was like the the way Christian Horner, he, like he's so good at this. Like mm-hmm. he is the perfect man to be in charge of this team, the perfect man to wear this in front of the media because he, uh, Alanis King, our our friend, uh, tweeted the other day, like something along the lines of like, Red Bulls, like Christian Horner's so good at this, you will leave an interview and feel like you are the one that went over on the cost cap because he makes you somehow feel guilty for things that like their team has done. So the last quote was, um, they have obviously been quick to talk in the media, some of them, uh, referring to the other teams. I'm sure for them, it wouldn't be enough. I'm sure if you burned our wind tunnel down, it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> if you burned our wind tunnel down. Yeah, sure, yeah. man, sure. Which like no one is suggesting. Like that is a, I mean, I think that actually would satisfy some fans because Spencer, like this is the fun part about all of this. No matter what the penalty is against Red Bull, everyone's mad. If you're a fan of any of the other nine constructors or any of the other 18 drivers, you don't think that this is enough. You think that either the 7 million should have come out of the cost cap. It should have been more than 7 million. They should have taken points away from last season. No one's happy about this. Uh, And there's, you know, a lot of team principals that are like, well, maybe we'll cheat now because nothing really is going to happen. But if you're a Red Bull fan, you're like, this is the stupidest thing that has ever happened. They went over by $400,000 because they're bad at taxes. And mm-hmm. that shouldn't matter because it's such an insignificant amount of money. And they overspent on catering. Mm-hmm. By, by the way, I, I get it. I know how it happened because... So, we've gone over the logistics of this sport that in order to get to a race on the continent, the Red Bull team takes 40 trailers at least 40 trailers worth of stuff. It's an army on the move. 
If I was in charge of this and I overspent by 1.4 mil, whoo, 1.8 mil, good, good job on me. That's amazing. That's how you, that's how you overspend on catering by a million. Overspending on catering by a million, by the way, like there better be, these better have been like full team dinners where everyone's getting a lobster tail in their own personal bottle of champagne. If that, if that's what's happening here, this better not be like, oh yeah, we just have a lot of people and we use like catering from some local school. No, this better be like, we are treating our people well and they're all getting nice dinners. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, probably not. <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is wild to me that they, it's wild to me that the story has lasted this long. It's also wild to me that anyone's surprised that Christian Horner would take this opportunity to be a victim. Remember, the best defense is to just just lie. Just take the stance of just take the stance that is the opposite of what you are. This is the top team in the sport. They've got everything working right now. They have piles of money. What you should do is say, Oh, I can't believe you're picking on little old Red Bull. Can't believe it. <laughs> That's the Dabo Sweeney approach. It, 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 little dude, it old is, Clemson. It is the position of power. I'm the real victim here. Me. Yeah. Christian Horner. All four foot seven of me sitting here. This has been the game plan as long as I've been a fan of, of Red Bull. So like, you know, four weeks or whatever, or, or a fan of F1, I should say. Um, there was also, you know, like he's he's done this every time that there has been some other issue that he has then made about Red Bull. It happened a lot last season, but another another interesting Red Bull story that happened this week, Spencer, and I, I swear we will not talk about Red Bull for this entire episode, but, mm -hmm. you know, they have been in, in the news cycle a lot. So um, our, our dear buddy, Ted Kravitz, in his in Ted's notebook, which is a little like Sky Sports thing that airs after the races last week in Austin, um, he did a, a little you know thing about Lewis Hamilton not winning and not winning a race this season and and used the line that Max Verstappen robbed Lewis of a title in 2021, and Red Bull said that they will no longer talk to Sky Sports because of those comments and they are indefinitely boycotting. Sky Sports. So after qualifying yesterday, Max Verstappen did not do a Sky Sports interview. Um, they also, you know, last year Verstappen said he didn't want to talk to Netflix anymore. Now he is talking to Netflix again. So th this is kind of like also their MO. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Sky Sports uh, boycott from Red Bull? <laughs> again, this is this is to me my favorite thing, which is um, looking for a reason to be hurt. That's what. Like I don't, I don't understand it. I do not get it. I watch. I would just like as a member of. Oh God, as a member of the media. Okay, <laughs> I, I watch y'all make mistakes all the time. I do. Well, you know, watch y'all make mistakes all the time. People in media are going to make mistakes too if that's what they believe that they've done. So, yeah, it's it's just petulant. You know, <laughs> it's fully fully within their rights to say that. But but still, like I I. How's this? There is a great old editorial about the prosecution of the Rolling Stones for drug charges that was done by a guy uh, with the last name Rees-Mogg. It's not Jacob Rees-Mogg, but it's his father. And it says, who, who wants to break or who breaks a butterfly upon the wheel? Okay, <laughs> it's basically saying like, why are you going to take a sledgehammer to a tiny problem? Right? Right. Just because right. you can. It's just, why are you going to get that mad at Ted Kravitz? Like, that's, right. 
You know, like, what, for example, like Martin Brundle. We had a little victory today because Martin Brundle on his <laughs> grid walk, somebody said, I love what you do. And Martin Brundle seemed genuinely shook with emotion over this. Like, yeah, oh, he really did. Oh, finally, someone says something good instead of telling me to get out of the way. He also, he, it was just like some random woman. <laughs> it was a random he, lady. It was he like, find anyone you're doing to talk great. About. I love when he walks up to, to random people who have like some, you know, connection who get on the, the grid and he's just like, who are you? And they're like, pardon, <laughs> like, who are you? And then he talks to them as if like, you know, they're someone famous. And this this wonderful woman was like, I saw what Brad Pitt did to you. It was not fair. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> thank, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, I thought so, too. So there was actually a little addendum to that um, because Formula One fans did get very upset at Brad Pitt afterwards because, you know, Formula One has seen, as we all know, this tremendous amount of interest now in the United States. And some of the fans who have watched the sport for longer are like, okay, well, if you guys are going to like, you know, come like our sport you better be nice about it at the very least. And Brad Pitt was not, you know, entertaining Martin Brundle's uh, questioning last week. So Martin Brundle actually got, he, he tweeted this after uh, the whole debacle last week, after all of the mean articles in all the motorsport websites were written about Brad Pitt. Uh, Martin Brundle tweeted, got a note from Brad Pitt explaining what happened with our near miss on the Austin grid. Unnecessary, but nice of him. Absolutely nobody is obliged to talk to me on the grid, but as I endeavor to make 10 to 12 minutes of live and unscripted sports TV, I'm obliged at least to ask. <laughs> That's, again, our man Sisyphus just sitting so out British. there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also like, uh, I think it was Benjamin Rose who said in the comments who said that he's just glad that we don't have to go to Christian Horner six times on the pit wall. Um, <laughs> I too have heard enough of Christian Horner. And if I haven't, then guess what? In, in March, in March, I get so much more Christian Horner because Drive yeah. to Survive will come out and I get to hear all of this bullshit again. So, yeah. I mean, you know this boycott is not going to last very long. Christian Horner no, loves no. going on, uh, Scott. Oh, I'm going to take, yeah, take away the microphone. Okay. Okay, okay Christian, here, yeah, I'll take it away. with that. He's going to start his own podcast now. Do <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, have you ever taken something away from a kid and they've gone, that's fine. Then their hand just starts <laughs> to come up like slowly like uh, mm, give me the lollipop yeah he no wants, that was he me though back. all the time with my cell phone in eighth grade um yeah. there was there was another like little social media uh tiff that happened heading into this week so we mentioned on monday show fernando alonso got a 30 second penalty because he got in the incident with lance stroll during the u.s grand prix and then um apparently had a, a faulty mirror that was kind of dangling loose and so he got a 30 second penalty for not going into the pit lane to get that fixed and driving with you know a dangerous thing on his car so afterwards um that was also haas put in the complaint about that and then mm -hmm. Aston Mar or Alpine challenged it or like appealed it. And so they won the appeal. Uh, and so the 30 second penalty was taken away. So it was like one of those things where like a day after the race, it was like, actually the people you thought won didn't win. And these people actually won, but those people you actually thought were going to win, but then there was that penalty thing. So it's a very classic formula one thing where it's like the race isn't over until like maybe three weeks after the race. 
also maybe like a couple years like mm-hmm. we just need the dust to settle completely before we can decide who won these things so anyways Fernando Alonso was was uh happy about that but then he made a comment this week to a Dutch newspaper called De Telegraph where mm-hmm. he said basically that um Lewis Hamilton, uh, I'll read the quote. He said, I have a lot of respect for Lewis, but still it's different when you win seven world titles, when you only have to fight with your teammate. The gist of which was that like Max Verstappen's titles have been much more difficult to win because they've been much closer and it hasn't been a, a runaway victory like Mercedes wins with Lewis Hamilton have been. Um, so Lewis Hamilton posted a tweet with him standing on a podium next to uh, Alonzo, like one step above, like the top of the podium and a thumbs up. But then he, I think he deleted it because I mm-hmm. tried to find it and I can't find it now, but that was a little back and forth and they don't get along to begin with. And so now they're all arguing on social media and that's what we have to look forward to the rest of the season, Spencer. People arguing on social media, Christian Horner boycotting Sky until he no longer can handle not being on Sky and Max Verstappen probably winning the next two races. Mm, a little bit of a consolation prize for entertainment and that is Toto Wolf trying to steal trying to steal a second place away from Ferrari you know he can do it <laughs> the target is on everyone's back but mostly Ferraris the Wolfinator the Wolfinator he's on the way <laughs> uh, we will see you guys again after the uh, the November 13th Formula 1 Heineken Grand Premium de Sao Paulo Sao Paulo I, my Portuguese pronunciation oh, is terrible. It's so hard. It's so, it's hard. so hard. But uh, fun track, fun race. We will see you all there. Uh, Jessica, I should say thank you. Or maybe today I should say gracias for joining me on DNF. Donata. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.